How do you decide what the right thing to do is when nobody is watching? In order for you to make good decisions, you need to have a well-calibrated moral compass. What does that even mean? How do you find a moral compass? How do you calibrate it? <laughs> On this episode of The Gentleman's Brotherhood, I will help you identify within you where does mor your morality come from. I'll help you identify some practical ways in which you can calibrate those decision-making processes and become a better person overall by the end of it. All that and more on this episode of The Gentleman's Brotherhood. Welcome to The Gentleman's Brotherhood. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda. This is a program that helps you identify what does it mean to be a good man in the 21st century. We provide information and practices that can help you become a better man today. On this episode, we want to talk about morality. How do you gauge when something is moral or isn't? I want to start with a quote that I really enjoy. It says, the true test of a man's character is what he does when no one is watching. John Wooden. First, let's start with a few definitions. What does morality mean? According to the Oxford Languages Dictionary, morality is defined as the principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior, a particular system of values and principles of conduct, especially one held by a specific person or society. Now, you might have heard the terms ethics and morals being used interchangeably. And in philosophy, they tend to be used in that manner. You can use them to both mean that kind of uh, decision-making that is expected from a group, an organization, a culture, a society. But for our purposes, let's talk about the, the distinction between ethics and morality. Uh, in the way that we're going to be using it, ethics refers more to that set of guidelines that a group of or, or organization is going to establish and expect from its members to implement and practice. Now, morality, I would describe it more as that innate barometer or that moral compass, that, that decision-making gauge that you use to determine whether something is good or bad. Some people argue that you are born with this. Other people say that it comes strictly from religious traditions. Others will say that society is able to just make the decisions and inculcate their, their membership to follow these kinds of behaviors. But I would say that it's a, it's a complex answer. This comes from many aspects of your life. But just because you've come with a specific set of morals that you have adopted into your moral compass, it doesn't mean that they are beyond fallibility. It doesn't mean that whatever concepts you have of what is moral or isn't shouldn't be questioned or shouldn't be put to the test to just to make sure that you're following something that is truly moral. Now, you may say, Juan, how can you claim something to be truly moral? And I invite you to think about it in this manner. 
this comes from uh, a a book that I really enjoy from the author Sam Harris, where he talks about the moral landscape. He tries to posit that morality doesn't necessarily come from a uh, spiritual or religious background, and it doesn't strictly come from just an evolutionary process, but it could be an in-between where you as an individual can ask yourself, does this contribute to the well-being of others? Does it contribute to the well-being of society? Or does it push society or others into more suffering, turmoil, and negativity? It seems to be a simple uh, question that you can ask. Whenever you're making a decision, ask yourself from a selfless point of view, does this contribute to my well-being? Does it contribute to the well-being of the people that surround me? Does it contribute positively to the well-being of other sentient beings? Now, you see, morality doesn't limit itself to your behavior towards other people. You can think of morality as that barometer that helps you determine whether a decision is right for other people, for other entities, like, for example, for animals. You can have a, a, a decision-making process that helps you be a positive contributor to the well-being of animals. I'll even go as far as to say that you should be comfortable yourself with even treating digital assistants like Siri, uh, Google Assistants, or even Alexa. Why, why do I say that you should feel comfortable treating them with morality? Because as these different gadgets become more and more indistinguishable from another individual, you don't want to fall into the prey of treating them with disrespect and becoming comfortable with that kind of attitude coming from you towards another intelligent being. It's only a matter of time before it really is undistinguishable whenever you're speaking with one of these, these digital assistants and speaking with a, a real human being. Some people even argue that some of these may at one point develop consciousness or feelings or something like that. I wouldn't go that far, but I don't know. It's all, it's all remains to be seen. So how do we go about calibrating this internal moral compass? You can look at it as this is the tool that you carry within you as you walk through life and you deploy it whenever you have to make a decision of right or wrong, whether one decision is better than another. So in this case, I want to start with a quote that I really enjoy from my childhood. This is one that I would hear my mother say to me quite often. Anytime I brought around any friends that she may not uh, agree with, she would remind me, and she would say in Spanish, Dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. Which translates loosely to, tell me who you're with and I'll tell you who you are. What she meant by that is that the company you keep has great influence, not just on who you are, but in the perception of who you are. So, one way that you calibrate your moral compass is making sure that the people that you surround yourself are the kind of people that are morally upright, people that whose judgment is beyond reproach, 
that you're not going to be caught in a situation where you have to make a decision of right and wrong, and they're going to sway you into the darker sides of your decision-making process. I invite you to check out one of the previous episodes we had here on the Gentleman's Brotherhood that talks about curating friendships. How do you decide who you spend your time with, who you allow into your inner circle, and the benefits that come with being disciplined in that decision-making process of who is in and who's out? The other uh, aspect of surrounding yourself with people includes your family. There are people that belong to your family that you know do not have a proper moral compass. Their decision-making is not something to be admired, is not something worth emulating. If you know this about these individuals, perhaps limiting your involvement with them or perhaps limiting their involvement in your decision-making process. Just because they're family doesn't mean they're good people, right? <laughs> um, nobody knows your family better than you, so you make a decision on that, on that regard. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. This program is made possible in part by the Gentleman's Brotherhood Store, featuring an exclusive line of apparel designed to not only look good, but to spread a most needed message. We invite you to look at our growing collection and support our brotherhood through your purchase. For details, go to thegentlemansbrotherhood.com. And now, back to our show. Surrounding yourself with other people also extends to becoming involved in civic groups. Let's say, for example, you become part of the, the Rotary Club, which is a, it's an organization that brings professionals together and helps them develop connections, develop uh, upward mobility, uh, become more effective in charitable giving. The kind of people that you may find in a civic group like that could inform properly your moral compass and help calibrate it better, putting you in touch with your charitable side, engaging in, in civic activities that are going to help the community. Being involved in those kinds of events uh, is something that can help you have a better calibrated moral compass. Religious organizations. If you have a church you go to, a synagogue, a temple, whatever you want to call it, or if it's just a spiritual group, figuring out who to become in contact with and through what prism to direct the your decision-making process. Perhaps you have a sacred book of law, scriptures, the Bible, the, the Torah, or any other uh, book of, of sacred scriptures. Perhaps you can find within them the necessary guidance for you to make proper decisions whenever a challenging situation comes around. Now, I grew up in a very religious household, and there were some givens within the belief of my family. They had some very strict beliefs as to the things that I should do, the things that I should not do. Needless to say... There was a period of time in my youth where I wouldn't even question it. Whatever they said was right, whatever they said was wrong, I took that as a I took that as the gospel, pun intended. So I took that as the decision-making factor as I moved through life. 
then in later years, I, as I developed more self agency and I started exploring different things and different concept and different beliefs, I started to recognize that some of these fast and hard rules needed to be revised. They needed, they needed to be reconsidered. So I moved about in a very cautious and respectful manner in questioning, where do these beliefs come from? Is this the proper interpretation of whatever scripture you went to? Is this, does this make any sense in the 21st century? So these are very proper ways for you to move forward in the further calibration of your moral compass, not taking just something as unquestionable, but with your own judgment, you are able to move forward and figure out, wait, this is not beyond reproach. We have to look at where this belief comes from. And does it make sense for me to continue following it? Another group of people that you surround yourself that may help you in your process of calibrating your moral compass is it will be a physical activity or sports group. Let's say, for example, you join a group that goes out hiking. And this is a group that is very in tune with nature, that is very respectful of, of Mother Nature as a whole. This, to me, sounds like a good group to help you further calibrate your relationship with Mother Earth, with other sentient beings like animals and people uh, that may give you more respect for the beauty of the world that we live in, give you some more hope, and give you proper tools to deal with the stresses of life. Again, this is one additional way in which you can calibrate your moral compass as you move forward. One thing that I try to be very disciplined in and I encourage you to do the best you can to be disciplined in it as well, is being prudent as to what kind of content you allow up here. Through the books that you read, the magazines you subscribe to, the TV shows that you watch, the podcasts that you listen, the YouTube channels that you subscribe to, all of these contents are going to contribute to whatever you're holding up here in your most precious asset. And depending on how careful you are with the selection that you make on the books that you read, for example, you will be nourishing that mind and establishing a richer environment in which to grow the kind of moral rectitude that you're looking for. I know it sounds stuffy when I say moral rectitude or, you know, when we talk about moral compass, but it all boils down to you being a better person. That's it. It's as simple as that. So you can choose a different way to describe it. It's like, how do you know that you're a better person? We know that you're a better person by the behavior that you display, by the actions that you take, by the things you avoid the things you ignore, that tells everybody around you whether you're a good person or not. But most importantly, you know yourself whether you're a good person by the decisions you make and the clear conscience you keep. Now, I'll ask you, in your decision-making process, what motivates you to be a moral person? Now, some people act, quote-unquote, morally, 
just out of fear, whether it is fear of getting caught and getting in trouble with the law, or whether it is fear of losing their salvation and going to hell because of a decision that they make, I posit that that shouldn't be the main motivator in your moral compass. That you shouldn't do these things out of fear. That it shouldn't be because you don't want to get in trouble, because you don't want to lose your soul. That shouldn't be the main motivator. I think the main motivator should be for you to contribute to your well-being, the well-being of your family, the well-being of your community, that you are a good cog in this machine that we call society. Now, I'm going to give you a piece of advice that I try to espouse myself and I try to inculcate in my children very diligently. And it's the advice that in all your decision-making, in all your interactions with people, you need to try to keep an open mind and a kind heart. There is a level of strength that comes with keeping an open mind and allowing yourself to question the things that you come in contact with. You may have a very strong preconceived notion about something being morally good or bad. But approaching it with an open mind, you may ask the kinds of questions that will unveil and finally explain to you, is it really bad? Is it really good? So I encourage you to have an open mind. That means when you engage with someone and you have a discussion about whether something is good or bad, right or wrong, you should approach it with an open mind that allows you to consider the position of the other person. It allows you to consider and evaluate the source of this preconceived notion. That it allows you to have the, the humility to accept that you may be wrong or you may be not looking at this from the proper angle and a brand new perspective may help you become a better individual. And finally, having a kind heart allows you to respect your fellow human being in that exploration of yourself. Having that kind heart allows you to not resort to belittling other people, humiliating them, being aggressive in your approach. Having a kind heart allows you to retain these relationships intact and continue building a bond with your fellow human beings. I see that many people sacrifice this in the process of learning. They approach it from a very condescending uh, approach or a very aggressive and mean-spirited angle. I think you can set yourself apart by simply approaching all your decision makings with an open mind and a kind heart. I hope you found this conversation helpful. I would love to hear from you in the comments section. What decisions have you made lately where you had to question whether it was a right or wrong decision? Have you had any preconceived notions approaching a decision making and realized that maybe you were looking at it from a wrong perspective and you've reevaluated and changed your mind? I would love to hear those here in the, in the comment section, share them in any of our social media groups. And I want to extend a very, very deep gratitude to all of you who support us on Patreon. 
The Our supporters on Patreon get early access to all of our episodes. They get behind-the-scenes looks at what we're working on. They get to even put their two cents in when it comes to making decisions as to the topics that we cover. So if that sounds interesting to you, I invite you to come over to patreon.com slash Juan Sepulveda and make sure to join our group. It helps us reach other people and help men out there who need guidance to become a better man today. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. And until next time, I wish you courage and courtesy. Hey, before you switch to the next podcast, let me ask you a question. Did you find this episode enjoyable? Did you find any part of it edifying or informative? If so, please consider supporting our show by choosing one of these options. Mainly by sharing it with other men through social media or through your own blog. By leaving a brief rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Or simply by making a purchase in our store at thegentlemansbrotherhood.com. Regardless of the way in which you choose to support the show, thank you.